I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. It only took one weekend of interacting with people for Meta's new BlenderBot 3.0 AI chatbot to turn racist. We were co-founder announced to former CEO Adam Newman secures $350 million in venture capital for his new startup, Flow. Isn't that kind of like failing forward? HBO and Discovery Plus are officially merging in 2023. Disney Plus sets a launch date for its new ad-supported tier, and YouTube advances plans for a video marketplace. And the story of a 17-year-old girl and her mother being charged with various crimes after a medication-induced abortion based on evidence from the teenager's private Facebook messages illustrates just how important it is to absolutely secure your digital footprint. We've got all this and more for you in episode 48 of The Tech John. From Columbus, Ohio, I'm your host, Rob Dunwood. And coming out of Philly, it's your girl, Tech Life Steph, back in the building. And out of Atlanta, this is Terrence Gaines, a.k.a. Brother Tech, a.k.a. Uh, we got the house to ourselves, back to ourselves. <laughs> Kids are back in school, so it's just me and the wife uh, walking around the house and we're not trying to get work done. So uh, actually looking forward to that. You know, we our kids are old enough to where we don't get all the teary eyed and the mushy stuff sending the kids back to school. We're like, all right, you know. Get the celebration started. Bird, Birdman hand rub. We'll, we'll, we'll go back to school. Let me tell you, the teary eyed will come back because I just sent my baby girl off to college and she ain't close. She's like three, four states away. So, uh, well, I got, I got three kids. So this third one, he went to kindergarten. We was like deuces. The first, <laughs> the first one, we escorted her in. We took her book bag off. We took tons of pictures and she sat at her desk and we did all the huggy kissy stuff. Yeah. The third one, uh, he lucky he didn't get put on the just, bus. Just, just, <laughs> just right. Drop off, or, yes, drop off the curb and keep it mm-hmm. pushing. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, as I said, I, uh, I sent my youngest off to North Carolina A and T. I know a weekend. lot of people. I know a lot of people that have kids as freshmen. At A&T, at least four or five people with freshmen at A&T this year. Yeah, it's a it's a machine. You get 15 minutes to get your your car unpacked. And for the most part, people were sticking to it, probably because of the fear of uh, getting told if you didn't move. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I was thinking, man, this is like a little campus and they don't really have a lot of on campus parking near the dorms. So I'm like, how is this going to work? But it, it was a well oiled machine. You basically, before you even entered campus, you're kind of in line. They have police officers and, uh, you know, uh, parking attendant staff and guards and stuff like that that are telling you what to do and how things are going to go. And by the time, you know, we was able to pull in. Got, you know, got in. It was about 15 minutes. They had carts waiting on you. It, it, it was, it was logistically, uh, unexpected. Let me just say it like that because, uh, I, I'm thinking to moving my daughter into, you know, the PWIs that she went to and it was just a hot mess. Uh, it, it was not, but like I said, it was, uh, it, it, it there, there were some tears involved at the end of it because, like I said, she's several states away. So, uh, and she's the youngest, but the other part of that is that I am feeling you on this, Terrence. I got kids out the house, but I got them out the house for, you know, for real, for real. They, they ain't coming back for months. Oh, yeah. Whatever. So, oh, you say for months. I was about to say for months. Okay. So, but anyway, um, let's do a tech show y'all. So before we get started and as we always do at the beginning of the show, I want to tell folks how they can support the show. So this is the tech John and the tech John is on Patreon. If you were to head over to patreon.com forward slash the tech John, 
We are there with multiple tiers of support. Every tier gets you access to the live show and after party that we're doing right now. So we, in addition to being a podcast, we're actually on YouTube for our patrons. And uh, there's also a tier there. They actually get you an ad free stream for listening in your podcatcher. So just like to throw that out there. If you do want to help support the show so we can continue to bring this tech news to you, um, that's a way that you can actually give to us so we can keep giving back to you. Um, with that, I wanted to jump right in and talk about some of this stuff that's going on with this chat bot at Meta. I think back to our first show. And our first show was all about algorithms and how the algorithms just don't be feeling us. And this one just kind of made me, you know, kind of made me chuckle. It's like, man, he's like, we've been in this show for darn near a year. It'll be literally a year. I think this week, uh, I think this, you know, th- you know, this show comes out on Tuesday. I think Wednesday was like our first time we recorded a year ago, uh, in August. Um, but Meta has a new chat bot and they turn this thing on and it took it a weekend. Before this thing turned racist. And I'm like, it didn't even take like a, a, a week or a month. It took long. a week. It took a weekend. So this it, thing is so just did it take, racist tropes and this, you know, did, did it take a week for the chat bot to turn racist or did it take a week for us to turn the chat bot racist? I think it was that part. Yeah. The weekend. It, it was, it was probably the second part. But it was just, it was just, it, you know, we, we always talk about this. It's like a lot of folks have said that, you know, AI is, is, is a great equalizer because it doesn't have any sentiment. It doesn't have any feelings about anything. It just takes the data that it gets and it just shoots out whatever the calculation is for the data that it got. But the thing you have to always remember is that, well, who actually gave it the data? What, where did it get the data from? Who actually programmed how it interprets data? Uh, as long as people are flawed. These uh these chat bots and other AIs like this are going to have issues. And like so this one is, no, there, you know, is no exception. So it was like, you know, within a couple of days of this thing being turned on, it's actually using, uh, you know, it's anti-Semitic tropes. There's uh just flat out, uh you know, fake news in here. One of the funny things was it was actually calling Facebook, you know, the <laughs> right. thing that it is actually gathering its information from fake news. And, uh, I just, I just, a, another thing with AI is like, it is not the panacea that everybody or, or should say many people thinks it is. It's like, you know, it, it'll be a while before we can actually trust these things to do things without having some level of bias in them. And I kind of want to just get your guys take on it. Well, well uh, you're, go ahead. Go ahead, Steph. No, I was just going to say, I mean, I, I chatted with it a little bit before I came on, um, came on just now. And I mean, I wasn't deliberately trying to see if it went down some racist rabbit hole while we were chatting. The conversation was pretty innocuous. It asked me what, what's new. I said, I just got back from vacation. It's like, Oh, where'd you go? It was, it was, you know, it wouldn't have passed the Turing test, mm-hmm. uh, but it was fairly conversational, um, and responded, I think, in ways that, that made sense to what I was, saying to it um but you know i i maybe if i had spent 10 more minutes 15 more minutes on there and 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 asked the question specifically around maybe the elections or you know what do you think of donald trump that would have been interesting to to see how it responded or whatever but um you know again it it's only as good as the person interacting with it i think um i i i wouldn't think it would just automatically start spouting stuff but Especially if that's not what you were talking about, you're not going to be just typing and chatting about your vacation. And then it says, you know, Trump black man's a devil or whatever. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Trump won in 2020. I don't think it would do that. But yeah. um, but if if that's the type of conversation you're having with it, it will probably reinforce and cosign whatever it is, you know, you're saying to it as opposed to saying, well, no, actually, there is, you know, verification that that the election was not stolen and blow blah, blah, and start pointing you to sources. I don't think it's sophisticated enough to even do that. So, um, you know, if the, if the conversation, if the person is racist, the conversation is going to be racist. Right. And that's what I was going to say. You know, uh, we, as in humans, I'm pretty sure, uh, when this chat by came out, I'm pretty sure it was the goal of multiple people to say, okay, well, how, how left field can I make this thing go? Right. And I'm pretty sure people's sole uh, purpose 
was to get on there and get it to repeat something crazy or mm-hmm. generate some crazy idea. And then as the internet goes, you know, once people catch on, Oh, if you say these combinations of words or you do these combinations of conversations, then this is the, uh, the, the end result you'll get. So people are like, Oh, bet. And then they load it up. And then before you know it, like you said, you got this story about this chat bot that's <laughs> out there. Right. So while. I get the sentiment that, you know, being able to talk to a computer or a program that has some learning capabilities sounds futuristic. You know, I don't necessarily blame the computer altogether and say, oh, there's just natural bias. But anytime we get a hold of something. That's eventually where it's going to go because people are going to try to press it and test the buttons. And then, and then more importantly, not more importantly, but something that I venture to gather is how does AI combat that? Is it always going to be hands on to where somebody's got to go in there and and review this data and be like, yeah, that's right. Oh, that's crazy. Or I guess that, that, that checks out. Is there going to be this constant moderation? And if it's constant moderation, is it AI? Right. If we got to keep going in there and doing stuff. <laughs> and then two, I think, I don't know if it was, if it's already rigged to try to sell you stuff, um, or if it actually gleaned this from a previous conversation. But when I was talking about my vacation, we kind of stayed down that thread. Um, mm-hmm. and at one point it's like, you know, do you like beaches? You know, blah, blah. Are there beaches? Cause I think I said something about, I, I wish I would have built in more beach time on my vacation or something like that to it. And it's like, are there beaches where you live? And I was like, I've been, I said, I've been to beaches in Jamaica and the, and the Caribbean. I prefer those. I said, I'm close to the Jersey shore, but I prefer Caribbean beaches. That's what I said. And right after that, well, Jamaica has a great, be- a great resort called Sandals. It specifically mentioned sandals. So I don't know. I don't know if sandals already got a hook up with, with, with Meta the commercial or right, right. Or if somebody else had already mentioned sandals in some sort of right. context. Um, if I had to guess, I would say sandals maybe already has some sort of arrangement with Facebook mm-hmm. and, and Meta so that it mentions it. If anybody ever mentions vacation, like find a way to slip sandals in there. Um, the, but it did slip sandals in the conversation. And then again, that goes back to my point. Is that AI if it's being pre-programmed with ads? Right. Right. <laughs> right. That ain't um, smart if it's already there. <laughs> so now my, my initial thought on this is when I said a weekend, I was kind of like you, Stephanie. It only took a weekend. Right. Because I think like what you said, Terrence, people probably went in with the intent of how can I make this thing act like it don't have sense? So people were purposely trying to get it to say something racist or get it to, uh, you know, put out, you know, false, uh, you know, narratives, you know, fake news as it is calling itself. Uh, I, I think that people are actively probably tried to do that. Why do people do that? I, I don't know. Um, you know, you know, trolls, they, they have an enormous amount of time to where they can just go spend just doing stuff to irritate people. Um, so I do believe that. Uh, but I think just, you know, with this, it, it is kind of cool that there is software that you can talk to the software. And as you said, Stephanie is not necessarily going to, you know, fool you into thinking that it's a real human. Um, if you talk to it long enough, it's not, it's not necessarily going to pass it, you know, that, you know, the Turing test, but it's just kind of cool that you can just in regular language, have a conversation with software. Uh, the tech guy in me, the techie in me says, that's pretty cool because that gets us closer to the computer on Star Trek. That that's you know ex, gets us closer to ex machina. I just watched that the other day. I was just like, <laughs> I was like, oh, this shit is crazy. But you know, is it just around the corner or not? Nah? <laughs> <laughs> so, but it was. It was. It was a very you know. As I'm typing, I didn't. I didn't feel the need to um, adjust what I was, how I was typing. I, I typed in the way that I speak. So I didn't feel the need to have to try to adjust in it. It was very good. At, right. That. Right. I just uh-huh. kind of did the, you know, and it was like, Hey, did you, have you read any good books? I put the book in there and you know, all the other stuff. So it, it was as natural a conversation as you can have with a computer. Um, but you know, you still know you're having a conversation with a computer. So I want to go back to it. And actually talk to it like I talk to people and just say, give it my regular greeting, like, what up, yo? And just see how it responds to, you know, my colloquialisms and, you know, you know, my dialect that I talk in when I'm not at work. 
So, um, that just, just interested to see how that conversation would go because that is my general greeting to people. What up, y'all? Um, does it get that? Does it understand? I would imagine that that's pretty common. It would actually understand that, but I'm going to, I'm going to go play with this after, uh, after we get mm-hmm. off the show. Cause I actually, I thought they took it down. I didn't realize that they had put it back up. Talk to the chat box. The next story, Stephanie, this one is yours. And you, you just wrote, I'm just going to read what you wrote and (laughs) (laughs) I'm just, I'm just going to read it. White startup founders continue to fail upwards. Now, the thing is, when you wrote that, I knew exactly what story you were, you were talking about. I didn't have to go. I didn't have to click your link. I knew exactly where you were going Uh, because, you know, it's kind of big news uh, about Mm -hmm. this dude got another grip. For another company that who knows whether it's going to make it or not, but it it, it is interesting. So I, you know, it's your story. You stuck it in here. I want to let you introduce it, and then we can discuss it because this one is a good one. Right. So they made a whole ass mini series uh, about Adam Newman and WeWork, um, and about how poorly he ran that shit into the ground. Um, and he got one. I mean, well, number one, he got a one point seven billion dollar exit package. From the company, when where they can I get one of them kind of jobs? I really don't right. want to go work for anybody else, but if I can get like if I can be horrible at my job and, and leave with twenty nine dump trucks full of gold bullying, you know, when they fire right. me, I, I, I'll sign up for that. Right. That's number one. Um, but as it is, he has founded a new company called Flow um, and just received three hundred and fifty million dollars in venture capital, I believe, from Andreessen uh, Horowitz. So, yeah, he just got another bag of, of money. Um, these are a chain of branded apartment complexes. So I, I guess he's staying in that real estate um, area. Uh, but, yeah, he <laughs> I mean, he 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 he. he Drove re- we work into the ground, and now he's going to get the opportunity to possibly do it again <laughs> with even more money. <laughs> I'm just I'm just surprised that. Well, let me not say surprised. Uh, for example, if I was a uh, smartphone repair guy, and I was guaranteeing that my screen parts, computer phone parts, were you know, made by the same manufacturers that Apple uses to make their parts or whatever. And then come to find out I've been using parts that I find in the scrapyard or whatever, getting the kickbacks, you know, charging, you know, uh, Apple supplier rates and ran the company into the ground. And then I come back and say, you know, my new business is I am going to consistently um, uh, keep the experience of what it's like to fix a phone. <laughs> the, the fact that I picked the same industry, the same, <laughs> the same business type real estate to, as my next grift is crazy. I would have been so far away from smartphones. I'd have been like, all right, my next thing is automotive or, or vacation rentals or something. But the fact that he was able to stay in the same industry with the same type of product, for lack of a better right. term, and still get more money after it was like you said, documented, not, not mistakes, not, you know, false steps, not missteps, not budgeting issues, like purposely ran this company on the ground. Complete mismanagement. On top of what's something that blew my mind with WeWork is the offices that WeWork was using. He owned those properties. Right. So not, not only was he getting money off of the, businesses that right the businesses that rented space from rework he was making money off of we work renting space from him i'm like oh come on and then you turn around to get this new money it's like we know what time it is it's crazy and this is the largest individual check andreessen horowitz has ever written in a round Mm -hmm. of funding to a company largest ever the largest and we hear that company name when it comes to tech a lot because they're really in it and they actually are pretty good at what they do. So I'm just thinking, it's like, you do know this dude just lost like billions of dollars at this other company, but maybe, maybe we're going to give you some, we're going to give you some money on doing the same thing. I'm just like, wow. Maybe, maybe they made some money off of WeWork when they went public. Well, no, the the IPO failed. That's why they kicked him out. Yeah. But I, 
at any rate, I'm pretty sure they they were some early investors. Mike, if I did some research, I would find that Andreessen had some sort of deal with. Oh, they Rework probably and got they, out and they, before. And they, got yeah. the, they got out before everything went to crap and probably got like a little profit out of it. And they're like, all right, well, let's do the same thing. Get in early. Get out early. <laughs> because we <laughs> know this dude is up. psycho. Right. Um, <laughs> because at one point, WeWork was valued at uh, $50 billion. So it mm-hmm. was a unicorn. He did actually, you know, grow it. I'm sure to your point, Terrence, um, Andreessen probably got out when so- – because at one point, SoftBank, um, Before Asian SoftBank company, came in. Right. made a huge and ginormous investment. And that's when they decided to go public and fail. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure when that happened, Andreessen probably got their money back. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and said deuces, right. And took, they took their bag and ran. So they're like, well, we don't care what this dude do. He going to flip this. We going to get ours and we going to be out just like that's the last that, time. Since we're talking about real estate, that's that bird method. Y'all look that up. <laughs> so to, to get back to how you wrote the, uh, you know, how you wrote the intro <laughs> to this, Stephanie. Um, here's the problem. Uh, this dude, like I said, he, he has one of the most public, uh, failures in a company that's recent. He got kicked out. And it's like, I know people are saying, did he really fail? <laughs> he, you know, his, his, ex, I mean, his exit package his made him one of the top, you know, 1800 richest people on the planet. Uh, you know, with, you know, with the amount of money they got. So did he really fail? But the, you know, the, the twist on this and the, and the things we always talk about on this show is just how hard it is for folks who look like us to right. get any level of funding, let alone the biggest check that a company, um, you know, has ever written, um, you know, for an investment. So it's like we you know i don't want to you know i know somebody that doesn't look like us is going to listen to this and be like why are they here they go whining again but and it's, um, it's not a whine it's just pointing exactly, out things there's, there's just no um situation that exists where a black person could do this at least not right now you know in this country there's there's not, not a here, situation no. that exists in this country currently where a black person would be able to do this it just does not exist so you know until it does i mean i you know we should get a chance to fail upwards as well i guess is is my point maybe um but or maybe nobody should you know maybe but um it just it just it just speaks to like i said there, there's just not a situation that exists where a black person would get this would even get the opportunity so. Not this, not this boldly, not this in plain sight, you know, right. have to be, blatant. We, just super right. blatant. We'd have to be, uh, three degrees of separations deep from the top to where we getting kickbacks mm-hmm. off the kickbacks off the kickbacks to where, <laughs> you know, nobody knows my face. I'm just this ghost person that's making all this money. I get the only way I could think of, but like publicly, openly, this bold facely fail and then come turn back around and get another. Get another check that that's highly unlikely for folks that look like no. us. And that's like you no. said, that's just flat out facts. If you so, can show me if you can show me otherwise, then I'll change my opinion. <laughs> so, you know, as I, you know, I read through this and then, I, you know, like I said, Stephanie, I, I, I knew exactly who you were talking about as soon as you wrote the headline. But I started to think, you know, so what are some of the issues as to why African Americans in particular, uh, just don't get funded, uh, you know, at a level, at a level commensurate with the number of people who are starting, um, you know, businesses. And I think there is this, I don't think, I know that there is this stigma when it comes to, um, and I'm doing the air quotes for the people who are only listening and can't see me right now, black owned businesses that when you hear of a black owned business, you think that the business only caters to black folks and that is absolutely the case for some of them. Um, and, and, and those businesses are necessary. And the reason they exist is because we didn't have other businesses that were catering to us, but for many of them, that is absolutely not the case. Like I, you know, I, you know, I, you know, just, just talk about ourselves a little bit. One of the things that is a recurring, um, a, re- a recurring conversation that I have with folks who have listened to the show and then come back and give me feedback. It's like, Oh, I listened to your show and I'm, I'm just going to truncate this. It's like your show is not a black tech show. It's a black tech show. Um, and you know, you know, there are, there are differences. We, you know, we're, we're both at the same time. But the thing is, it's like we just talk about technology, 
that affects us in our everyday lives. And we just happen to be three African-Americans who do this. But a lot of people will come to a show like ours and think, well, I can't really listen to that because I'm not black. So what, you know, right. what are they going to say that, you know, that I, you know, that, that has anything to do with me. And I think that when you move into the business world, that is also a thing with these investors like, oh, well, I'm not black. They're a black business. What, you know, what, what am I going to be able to bring or what am I going to be able to offer them? And they're really looking at it the wrong way. It's like, you know, look at the business and understand what the business is, because a lot of these businesses that are out there actually trying to get funding. They're not black businesses. Uh, you know, they're just, you know, businesses that happen to have black founders and they can be but the even, same thing, but they can but also be different they, things. But even if they were, you still yeah. look at the potential for scale and oh, yeah. the, and the, and the, like, like you're not yeah. even, yeah, you're not even looking at the potential for scale. You're just saying, and, oh, that's and, black people stuff yeah. and, and dismissing it right out right when you're in, and, and, and your, your, your objective is supposed to be the bag. You know, the bag is green. Right. The, bag, the bag ain't black, white or, or other. The bag is green. So like, you know, when you talk about why we don't get the same kind of funding, you can make that argument. But at the end of the day, it really just comes down to they not checking for they not checking for black people, period. Oh, no. And, and, and that, that wasn't and, that wasn't an excuse. It, it was yeah. just this is and this is one of the things that's happening. I'm trying to explain to folks. It's like it's not always about, well, we got to complain and this and that and the other. It's like, no, it's like, you know, we, we need to get to where folks are looking at black businesses as businesses that have to happen to have black people at the helm that, you know, and you, is, and, it's a very good difference. And you know why they're not? Because they don't have to, because mm-hmm. they don't have to. This is a privileged they, society. Know, right. To, right. Going back to what you were saying, they don't have to look at black businesses because they have options. They can say, well, that's not for me. And then have all these other options that is for them. Mm-hmm. Us on the other hand, we have to, Imagine ourselves in businesses, in situations and scenarios that that aren't built for us. And then we have to go over here and then try to build something for us and then fight this uphill battle with people to where they say, yeah, that, that that ain't for me. And then they can go on to do whatever until the 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 landscape won't change until people say, you know what? This is the option. This is the best option. And it just so happened a black person's using it right now. They don't have to say that. They can say, oh, this is nice. Let me take pieces from that and then create my own thing and then get all this money and do all these other things. That's that privilege for you. And ain't nothing going to change until that privilege changes. It is. It's like it's crazy when you don't even want the bag. You know what I mean? Like you just we don't even care that we're not making more money. And that speaks to how much money they're already making. Clearly, if they don't care that they're not making more of it um, by investing with black businesses. But, you know, the the privilege to be able to say eh, we'll pass when when it's an opportunity that is going to scale and generate revenue is is, is the big, biggest privilege I can think of. You're giving a heck of a benefit of the doubt in this fact that they're saying, oh, we'll pass. It, they don't even know to pass. They're not even they, they simply aren't they're not looking. even considering. They're not yeah, they're, they're not, not even considering. Looking. It's we like in order to say you pass to say, nah, I'm not going to go with that. You at least had to consider it. You, you, take the you had to make in the a, first place, right? Exactly. Didn't even take yeah, the meeting. that that mm-hmm. that is not happening. So, uh, you know, so and we we we've had you know a couple of uh, folks who do this on, on you know on this show. We will continue to get more, but I just thought this was a you know it was an interesting conversation. But I I am firm in this. If anybody knows uh, outside of a Carnegie Mellon executive uh, MBA program or actually having to go to Stanford, where can I go take a class to find out how I can actually fail miserably <laughs> and get one point right. seven? Yeah, like I said, you know, how can we all? Don't, it don't even got one point seven billion. That's what he needs to be doing million. is teaching classes. Like he need to be, he need to have that online course. You talk about online <laughs> courses and all the experts. I would take right. Adam Newman's online course um, if, to- if it could get me even a fraction of of what he was. Was able to do. Shoot, I could, I could see the Twitter list right now, and not even worry about it. Mm-hmm. I jacked up this fifty billion dollar company, um, you know, to the point that I got fired. And here's and how I got, I got another bag out of the company who gave me money the first time, and another billion dollars. All I got was a billion dollars in this T-shirt. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film. If only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professional you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's crazy, so, crazy, crazy, I'm listening, crazy, crazy. I'm listening to the siren in the background that I probably oh, cannot get I out. Know. But that is, you know, I'll just take it like this: is letting us know that it's probably time to move on to the next story. That's it. Just a- so <laughs> it's just a just a transition, uh, you know. So <laughs> this one, you know, I, I I think I talk a lot about uh, streaming services because I am a cord cutter, um, and I consume enormous amounts of content. I like watching TV. I like watching movies, um, but. I, I took a couple of stories that have happened over the last week and kind of combined them together. So the first one is that uh, we've heard this before. I think we've maybe even talked about it, but HBO and Discovery Plus um, are officially now merging um, sometime in, in, in 2023. Um, that one's coming. Uh, not, but the, the thing that's interesting about this, though, is that they're actually cutting good shows. And, you know, shows that they would expect that they would make money on. It's like, you know what? Here's what I want to do. Like, I think Bat, uh, what is it? Batwoman is the, is, is probably the biggest one. They spent $90 million. Bat, I heard about I that. Bat, yeah. I think it's Batgirl. 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 I said Batgirl. Okay, yeah. So, so Batgirl, $90 million. No, nah, we're not going to release that. We're just going to write it off on our taxes. It's like, that must be a wonderful thing to be able to do. But there are other shows, uh, that they're cutting as well. So I'm, I'm looking at different stories and trying to get different angles on this. And, you know, so why, you know, clearly they're owned by the same company, but why are they trying to merge these two? And it's, you know, a, a big part of it is cost cutting. Why run two streaming services when you can just run one and charge both groups of people who listen more? So there's going to definitely be a price increase. So um, did you see, I didn't get a chance to dig deep into this article. Did you see whether or not, People, because like right now, I still have cable, um, and all these streaming services. I'm paying a lot of money. I need, I need to be making hard choices really soon. Um, but because I have HBO included in my cable, I get HBO Max as a function of having it on my cable. Um, is that still going to be the case for HBO Max slash Discovery Plus? Going to say Do to be know? determined because I looked for that because. That's how I had HBO Max as well. When I say I cut the cord, I had to cut down to the minimum um, cable that I could get. Uh, but it had HBO on it for, right. for free. So with that, I got HBO plus for one year. It has now gone away. So I wonder, it's like, huh, would I, would HBO plus or whatever they're going to call it now when they, you know, when they do it, like you said, when they, when they combine these two things together, if you have an HBO subscription through your cable provider, do you still get that as n- not for free because you are paying for your cable subscription? For the cable. But right. how does that work? So then the next question comes is, well, what does cable on your cable provider cable does HBO on your cable provider change? Does it now also become HBO slash discovery? Right. Um, plus even on your cable subscription. So um, you, you ultimately you're paying what you're paying right now, but at some point um, HBO is going to renegotiate that carrier fee uh, with whatever cable company you're dealing with. And you may see you know a bit of an increase come that way. Those questions I think still need to be answered, but they're good ones. Um, the things that they were talking about is that this is really just a, a cost cutting play. Uh, when you look at HBO, most of their programming skews hard mail. When you look at Discovery, most of its programming skews hard female. Both have been trying to uh, pull in a bit of the other audience. And they're saying, oh, well, here's a way we can do it. Let's just combine the two and we'll keep hopefully we'll keep, uh, you know, both audiences once we do that. Um, so I just I just thought it was really interesting. Karen, I didn't mean to cut you off that you're about to say something. It just sounds like they're consolidating. I think people are making a big deal out of this. It sounds like they're just consolidating back to HBO. It was HBO. Then they went HBO Go and then HBO Mobile and they went 
HBO Max, and then now and then they had to mm. suck in Cinemax because that's where HBO Max comes from, Showtime and mm-hmm. Cinemax. And then they got Discovery, and they got all these sponsored off things. And now it sounds like we're just going to say, look, we're consolidating. We're going to be HBO. And again, you made a point about these shows that they're cutting. Yeah, they may be cutting these shows, but I'm pretty sure they're going to come up with similar, if not same type of uh, viewing when they merge and become HBO regular, I'll call it. Mm-hmm. So I don't think this is a huge deal. Of course, like you mentioned, they may change some pricing. They may have to restructure some things as far as cable companies are to come, uh, you know, as it relates to cable companies. But ultimately, I think they're like, look, we just want to be HBO. We're not going to have right. all these splintered companies, these splintered services. It's just going to be HBO. And it was probably a chance to get rid of the shows that were more expensive. Right. And, and there's that. Wait. And also, remember, the company, you know, their parent company, they make movies, too. So one of the things that they have discovered is that when you actually uh, give people the option to watch movies at home, they tend to watch movies at home. Um you know, you know, they, they have they have lost a lot of money based on the pandemic and folks just not being able to go out to the movie theater. And I think that once things open back up, they're not seeing people go back to the movie theater at the rates that they were expecting. So I think part of what's happening here as well is that we're going to stop pushing. So, you know, um, you know, our premium premium content to our streaming services first or even to our streaming services soon and see if we can't get that box office money that we used to get, because that's like a drug. You know, you put a movie out and you make five hundred million dollars off of it. If it's the right movie, uh, they don't want those things to go away. And, uh, you know, Universal has put out a ton of movies, a ton of bad ones, but they put out some pretty good ones, too. And I think they really want to get back to that as well. But my thing is, it's like, why are they? In general, film movie houses or whatever you want to call them. Why are they stuck on this box office number when they could easily charge uh, streaming services more money to carry these quote unquote blockbuster movies and make that money up when people who would normally go into the movie theaters they just stay at home and, and you see it like on Disney. If you want to watch one of the Marvel movies that just come out or whatever, you got to pay 20, 35, however many dollars it is. I, why wouldn't I don't understand why they so fixated on that when they can make that money back anyway. The numbers right now are showing that people don't pay extra when they have the service at the house. So so like, charge the so charge the streaming companies to carry it. The streaming companies are going to turn around and charge their consumers. Um, and, and the consumer saying, if the consumer saying, nah, I don't want that. So, so look at it like this. It used to be, uh, you know, that if a movie came out to the movies, it was several months before you would see it on a streaming service. I want to say it was at least 90 days, maybe, maybe a little longer than that, maybe 90 to 120 days. It was a minute. So it would, you know, so people who were going to go, you know, you, you could have your HBO, uh, at home, but you wouldn't forego going to the movies waiting for it to come out on HBO because it was going to be a while. If you wanted to go see that new movie, you would literally go see that new movie. Now you're talking about 45 days and it's like, I got six weeks. I can wait for that. So um, if that, and then, you know, HBO was one of the ones that was actually pushing out their box office movies to the, you know, to the streaming platform. Now I understand that they were doing that because there was a pandemic and they, people literally could not go to the movie theater. But, um, I think that they, you know, they have done the numbers and they're saying, uh, you know, people just aren't going to pay extra on their streaming service to watch at the house. So let's just not do that anymore. Let's get them back into going to the movies and we can make that box office there and still charge them what we're charging them for the, uh, streaming at, at you know, at the crib. That's just my, that's just what Rob thinks. I don't know that that's the case, but this what it seems to be what makes sense to me. I smell conspiracy. The same way that these car companies are dragging their feet on making electric vehicles, there's some sort of there's some sort of agreement, there's some sort of handshake with these oil companies to where they're like, "No, nah, you can't do that." And they got some sort of agreement. The same way with these film houses trying to put these movies out, they got some sort of handshake, some deal written in blood, giving up their firstborn cousin with these movie studios, <laughs> with these movie studios to where they are dragging their feet instead of disrupting, instead of adapting, instead of change. I mean, 
change is change. You can't hold on you because, you know, uh, well, the way I'm doing it this way, it just works. You know, ask some of these other companies that thought they were at the top and just disappeared because you hold on to the old ways. Well, and obviously streaming is the new joint. Well, I, I said that we have multiple streaming stories. So let me tell you how another streaming service is actually changing. Disney Plus has actually set the launch date for its ad tier. Uh, which is going to be coming out, uh, you know, this fall. So they now are going to actually have ads, TV commercials, uh, inside of their content. And of course, once they offer that, the ad list here is going to, is going to cost more. So I got to think about this. Um, do I care enough about not having commercials? It that sucks though, I'm willing because to pay that more? was the whole point. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they, they did, they, they basically all just did the bait. I mean, Hulu was the only, uh, streaming service that, that, that's, that was created and they were like, there's ads. You, you won't get these ads, um, right out the gate. Everybody else sold the idea of an ad free experience and uh-huh. then did the whole bait and switch on us. And now they want to put the ad free experience in a, higher tier and charge you more money for it. It really, it really sucks because, you know, they do kind of get you locked in. Um, but it's like at this point, I'm going to really start sort of monitoring my usage of these platforms as the ads come in. And I'm going to stop, I'm going to stop some of them if I find myself, because I don't watch a ton of Hulu anymore. Um, not, I don't know if it's because of the ads or not, but I just don't watch a ton of Hulu anymore. Um, and, and, you know, as Netflix and, and, and these, and Disney plus, especially, I'm like, if, if this is going to be something that, that y'all are doing and it, and it feels like a regular television viewing experience if i feel the same way as i do when i'm watching abc like why do i need to be on this platform i i I don't understand it i just i just hate that they are doing this and kind of got us by the balls um in doing it because we're now invested in the programming on these on these platforms and and we'll settle basically for commercials um when that was the whole point of joining them in the first place to get a commercial free experience yeah, the uh you know Disney Plus uh is one that I have to think about. I told you guys that I have a new system that if I have not watched your streaming platform for a calendar month, then I cancel it until something I want to watch comes back on it and then then I'll re up. And I think Stephanie, you were saying that's just too much work. I don't want to have to go through you know, go it's through. It's a all lot, that. but I may have to start doing but it. But <laughs> it's like um I'm thinking now. Perfect. I really don't watch a lot on Disney Plus. It's like one, I can only watch a Marvel movie so many times. <laughs> once, once I've seen it like two or three times, I don't just need to keep going back to it. Um, See, once I've watched the Star you're Wars You're not movie, a Star Wars fan though, because they're, they re, they're releasing different series around oh, the Star well, Wars universe. Well, well, that's um, the thing. That are but just the, the bomb. So I am. And like I said, I am, I am in, into all the Star Wars things, even the ones that I didn't like, like I didn't particularly care for, uh, Book of Boba Fett. I didn't think it was that great. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Obi-Wan, I thought was kind of awesome. Um, and I think that, you know, clearly and now the Andor is coming out and that, that joint looks hot. So that's that, what I'm saying. It, it so looks you good. can't get rid of it. <laughs> so, but, but the thing is though, does it come out before? I don't know when it comes out. If it doesn't come out by the end of this month. Disney's getting canceled until I sign back up for it. Now, if it comes out in September, I'll wait because like, okay, well, I'm going to pay at the beginning of the month pay, you know, when I, I sign back up. September, so if it comes out and, and, and they probably know it's like, yeah, we got to keep people like Rob Hook. So we got to make sure exactly. we get these release, so they, releases they, like they, every 45 days. So we, so we make it, you know, make it a hassle, uh, for them to cancel. Um, but, uh, like I said, if you September don't have 21st. Content, um, is the is the release date for Andor? See, yes, like I said, that's, that's outside of my it. thirty day window, but it's inside of the window of if I cancel, I got to sign back up in the same calendar month. So, what was the point of canceling in the first place? These folks yeah. are like somebody pushers. thought about they, it. They give you a little bit just to keep you on the. They get you on the yeah. comeback, as Chris Rock was saying. They get you yeah. on so, the comeback, man. And it's gonna take and it's gonna take us to stop watching so much content for them. But hey. Um, we, we need to yeah, do luck. Change good luck with stopping. I mean, yeah. we about to do that. I, <laughs> th- there are times of the year when I actually really cut back, but I watch a lot of content because I like it. <laughs> you know, I, I enjoy it. it. And I'm not one of those people where I want to stop doing something that I enjoy doing. It's like, no, it's like I enjoy watching this. That's why, that's why I have literally, you know, well, and, no, I no longer have an account on everything, but I have an account on half the things because I'm watching things on half the things that are out. 
And then this real quick, this last one here was just YouTube, uh, is it, you know, they've advanced some plans to where they're going to off, you know, start offering streaming marketplaces like you would see with, uh, with, uh, the one that comes to mind is Amazon Prime. So like if you have Amazon Prime, you can also through your Prime subscription, you can get, you know, like Epics. Or you could get, you know, you can get you can other do that on Apple TV plus. Right. Too, so Apple I think TV. that what they're doing there is that if you already are in their, uh, their paid platform and you want to say you want to get Epic shows, instead of having to go physically sign up an Epic account, you can just actually sign up for it through YouTube. You continue to pay YouTube for it. You know um, what that sounds like. Almost like a cable. Cable. It sounds like cable. It sounds like cable. <laughs> I was uh, like, I'll, come on. We basically come full circle back to cable. We're back on, we back on cable. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. So I'll, I'll, I'll lightweight say this or not say this. I, I lightweight kind of feel this way. I don't know that I would have a problem going back to cable if, if it weren't for the fact that they're not going to put all the good shows on cable anymore. You're yeah. going to have to get the streaming service in order mm-hmm. to, uh, to get the good shows. That's just the way that it's going. But, uh, but now, but, no, cause isn't, cause, um, I feel like something in that article, I read something in one of those articles that said something to the effect of, um, Verizon possibly offering Netflix as as a part of a package. So I think we are going to see some of these cable companies to compete, start offering streaming services and, and making these partnerships with the streaming services the same way the streaming services are making partnerships with the with the cable outlets. So it's just going to be a, a one big mashup uh, until there's one ginormous owned by Amazon cables provider, you know, content provider, basically. Um, but it, it really is going to be a mess and a, and a, and and you know, the, the spreadsheet you'll need to compare uh, and figure out what you want is going to be ridiculous. All of these mergers and um, acquisitions and consolidations remind me of, um, you know, what was the movie uh, with uh, Wesley Snipes and uh, Sylvester Stallone? Where he got froze. Both of them got froze. De- Demolition. No, Demolition Man. Demolition mm-hmm. Man. Demolition yeah, Man. Right. Yeah. Um, and one of the things I remember from that was the only restaurant was Taco Bell. All restaurants had basically mer- they just kept merging and merging and merging until all restaurants became Taco Bell. And at some point, are we going to is everything oh, at some there. point going to become be Amazon? It'll be that Black Mirror episode uh, when that Amazon like company kept sending shit to people after the apocalypse. <laughs> Amazon, Amazon about to kill it. So guys, uh, this last story, um, you know, the, the headline that I wrote in here is a 17 year old and her mother have been charged, uh, with, uh, not abortion, but with abortion related crimes. Like basically the fact that you did, you know, you, you ordered a drug this way and the fact that you actually disposed of, of a fetus this way. And I don't really so much want to talk about that story. Um, because it had absolutely nothing to do with Roe v. Wade. It was reported widely last week, and a lot of people thought that it was this was like something new because of the falling of Roe. It's like no, this 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 court case was actually filed even before that happened. But that just reinforces the fact that people we got to think about our data differently. You know wh- wh- yes. what the government, regardless of what you feel about this particular case, what the government has done is they went to Facebook, subpoenaed them and said, we want this, uh, you know, this teenagers, um, you know, chat messenger, messenger, private Private messenger history that she was having with her mom. And then based on that, they were able to build their case. And now, these two are actually, you know, uh, you know, at risk of going to prison for, you know, um, you know, for, you know, for things that are crimes, you know, where, where they are. And, um, so I put the story in here, not to so much talk about the merits of this particular story, but just to talk about privacy and what you need to do, um, with, uh, you know, your privacy. And I know Stephanie, you can talk about this stuff off the top of your head, but I'm just thinking some things like you, you gotta be careful. You cannot just send. Well, you can't have a conversation like, like this over anymore. Facebook Messenger. Yeah. You just That's number one. I was going to say, ain't no such thing as privacy. That's how you think about it's really, it. It's really not. You really do. I mean, even when you're talking about, you know, WhatsApp with end to end encryption and, and, and Telegram and, and different services like that, you still have to presume that your data can be compromised because in every company's terms of service, whether they offer end to end encryption or not, there is a clause in there that if law enforcement 
subpoenas them for those records, um, they will probably turn them over. Now, you know, they could try to be, you know, all, not altruistic, but idealistic and, and resist because they don't agree with why the government is asking. Um, but more often than not, I, I think we talked uh, a story before, like 89% of the time they say yes. Um, you know, you have to assume that anything you any sort of information you transmit across these platforms is is potentially um, ripe for the picking if the government or federal law or any law enforcement um, asks for it. That's that's it. Like one of the things I that I, it's all no, one, available. It's all up for yeah. grabs. One of the things I just did uh, in, in, in just preparing to have this conversation with you guys is I actually went and searched for. Um, I, you know, I, l- let me say this. I created a dummy, uh, Gmail account. Um, or, and I've been using this email account for, for years. So it's just like an account that I don't care about the spam or anything that it gets, but I logged into this account on my computer. I went to, uh, you know, a, a, a an alternate version of Chrome. It was basically not my primary computer. I just did it on the computer. That I don't hardly ever use Chrome on. And I just searched for how to tell if I'm pregnant and just looked at the ads that have come up on that machine over the weekend. It's like completely inundated with, you know, birth control, um, you know, not birth control, but like, uh, 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 what, what do they call them? The, the, uh, where you can like calendars to tell whether or not you're, um, you, when you might be operating and stuff. And it's like just all, all this stuff It's like, you just inundated with ads. And all I did was one search in Google and just said, how can I tell if I'm pregnant and I'm getting all this stuff. And now what's interesting, as I said, I did that on an account that I don't care about that stuff. It's like, I, I only log into it when I'm on this computer. It's like, it's, it's kind of like a burner account. It's like, whenever I sign up to an email newsletter or something like that, that's the account that I actually use. What's interesting is that on my primary setup, I just got one of those ads. So somewhere, somehow something is linked, linked. and I'm, yeah. and I'm careful about this stuff. Um, and it's linked because the only, the only way, unless my Google home heard it and it picked it up and that's how it's actually put which could be the case. I know they say they're not doing that, but it's just like, okay, how did you get across from well, the, like, and the machine's also, not air gaps, um, it's not nothing like that. But. They're, they're, these, these companies also log keystrokes. So, um, and they probably they, track your IP address and absolutely, absolutely. serial number for your all, machines. All that, all that. <laughs> but, um, it's like, there is no such thing as privacy on the internet. Like, no, no I, wish, I wish we could understand that. I wish people would understand that because I think, you know, behavior might be markedly different um, online if people really, really knew. And, you know, like, is somebody searching for you right now, you know, to put you in jail or maybe probably not. But can they? That's the thing, because, you know, these these women, this woman and her daughter would have never thought that this would be even a remote possibility until it was, you know, they thought mm-hmm. that they were having these private messages back and forth. Like I said, I, I have no idea why you thought Facebook was the proper forum to discuss, mm-hmm. you know, burying a fetus, but, um, you know, they, they didn't, I'm sure they didn't think at all about the possibility that, uh, somebody, you know, at Facebook would say, Oh, y'all need these messages because you think this girl's committing. A- oh, here. You know what I mean? Like nobody thinks that until it, until it happens to them. But, you know, we all have to be thinking that way. Now, to, to be fair to Facebook, they just didn't hand it over a la Amazon handing over ring data to the police, uh, because they asked for it nicely. They did get subpoenaed for it. So legally, yeah. uh, you know, they had no choice but to. But the thing is, it's like that is the, the basis of their case is built off of these messages between this, uh, young lady and her mother. Um, so that just got me thinking. It's like, you know, what are some things that you can do to protect yourself? As you said, Terrence. You have to assume that there is no privacy. These are simply just conversations. You cannot have them in Facebook. I wouldn't have them in WhatsApp, even though WhatsApp offers an in, in encryption. If you're going, if, if you have to have this conversation, if you have to talk with someone, you need, I think you, you need to be using something like Signal to where you know you are in the end encrypted. You hold the keys and you can even make those messages disappear from your and from the person that you sent the message to once they read it. Um, You've got to actually start thinking about stuff at that level. And, you know, like, you know, when, when I when I say that, I know people can say, well, it's like 
well, you're giving information to the criminals and telling criminals how to get by. That's not really my concern. It's it's just privacy. I, you know, I, what you what you talk about between you and who you talk about it with. If you want it to be private, you need to make sure that you're doing things to make it private. Having that conversation on Messenger when you thought it was encrypted is not the thing to do. Or even if you didn't know it was encrypted, you just you just have to think. You know, there are things you now have to think about. You know, I need to use this type of browser. Maybe I need to have a VPN um, for conversations that you're having. Because, like I said, we, you know, we, we right now are talking about things that are illegal or not illegal. But sometimes you just don't want the government in your business that way. You don't want or anyone any any data that could be sold on you. You just don't necessarily want that out there to where it could right. come back and bite you some kind of way in the future. Um, you know, you know, you you were you were researching this. You know, you never know if people can buy your search history, they can tell you what you were searching for and then maybe use that against you when, you know, for getting a job, if you're running for office or doing whatever it is you're doing. So I like want to call I just, something else out here too. Um, uh, Meta issued this statement. Nothing in the valid warrants we received from local law enforcement in early June prior to the Supreme Court decision <laughs> mentioned abortion. The warrants <laughs> concerned charges related to a criminal investigation and court documents indicate that police at the time were investigating the case of a stillborn baby who was burned and buried, not a decision to have an abortion. Um, to, I think that is key in this case in particular and in mm-hmm. cases going forward as, as it concerns Roe v. Wade, because I think law enforcement are going to try to get around that. Um, because, because most of the social media platforms sort of took a stand and were like, you know, uh, they remove abortion information and things like that, but, but they kind of, said that they would try to protect women that were looking for this type of information and different stuff like that. Um, I think law enforcement may try to get around that um, with this little loophole that no, we're not investigating an abortion per se. We're investigating a murder. Right, right. So Mm -hmm. I think, you know, we have to be worried about them being disingenuous about their real intentions. What? You mean to tell me? You, you tell me the police is lying, right? right. They, they falsifying documents that can get right. somebody killed on right. a SWAT invasion. Right. Word, no. yeah. <laughs> so, so my youngest that is going off to college. Uh, one of the things that she is doing is one of the things she's going to school for is that she actually, uh, you know, I can say that she wants to become an FBI agent. She wants to be a profiler. But one of the things that she really enjoys watching are like all these true crime shows. And she even listens to like a true crime podcast, you know, here or there. Um, and she just says, if people just would shut up, if they simply wouldn't talk, if you would just say, I want a lawyer, um, uh, you know, and get to a lawyer, uh, that you would actually, save yourself so much pain because the police are not there to actually tell you the truth and help you out. They're never trying to help you out in these situations when they think you're the one who's guilty of doing something. Their goal is to get you to confess or to, you know, or to build a case for the prosecution who's going to ultimately try to put you in prison for something. Which goes back, which goes back to my original point is we have to stop feeding this data to these companies that this could then I'm be saying. used against you. Like you this mentioned your I'm Miranda saying. rights when, when we're standing in front of the police and we know, you know, we might be on the hook for something. We have we the right to remain shut. silent. <laughs> exactly. you, you remain, you, you have the right to remain silent. We have to start thinking, okay, I have the right to remain silent. Anytime I go on social media and share information, because mm-hmm. when you're sharing information, that can and will be used against you in the court of law. You so we start to thinking put that way. All your business out in you the street. You sure don't. And Stop people it. put people put all of their so, business. I mean, like a so like they want to be in the center of a soap opera. Well, okay, all right. You want to be in the center of that soap opera when people start screenshotting and when the when the popos come <laughs> knocking for your information. Now you really. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Exactly. It's so crazy. I, I, I go on Facebook occasionally with, with my, with people that are my friends, um, that I hear talking about like, especially child support, child custody, you know, that kind of thing. And I DM people intermarital all the time. Stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm like, listen, if you have a case pending or think you're going to have a case pending, this right here is incriminating the up out of you right now. You need to, I mean, you, you already typed it. So deleting it 
probably won't do much, but you at least need to delete it and don't keep putting your business out in the street like this. I'm like, you, you have no idea how much damage you're doing in whatever you think you're going to get out of this situation. Um, you have no idea how much damage you're doing in this. You might just be venting and, and you mad cause, cause the baby mama is getting all your money or whatever the case might be. Um, but you gotta keep that stuff to yourself. Yo, go to, go to the barbershop or the bar and get a drink and commiserate with your friends in person. But y'all got to keep this personal stuff off the internet for real. I have never understood. Why would you say that to earth? Earth, <laughs> earth do. didn't need to know that <laughs> because, I, because social media, social people, and we can blame the algorithm all we want to, but also it's some of our fault. We create these echo chambers for ourselves to mm-hmm. where when we put information out there, that is the information we want out there. And we want people to affirm or Absolutely. cosign or Absolutely. be on our side. We don't want to hear. I say something and somebody say, well, you know, I kind of disagree with that. No, you just a hater. And, right. and, right. and then all your minions, all your minions come in behind you. It's like, oh, you ain't even, you know, and that's what people want. They want their own echo chamber. So they use right. that personal information to share, to get people on their side again. To align you know, themselves. Yep. 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 Oh, it so, is. It's true. It's, yeah. it's, 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 it's natural human behavior, honestly. And, and social media platforms have learned how to manipulate it. You took mm-hmm. the story out about, um, California, the California bill that was, would allow the state to sue social media platforms for addicting teens out of the rundown. But this is that thing. Um, yeah. if they had let that happen, everybody could sue social media platforms because, you know, they have industrial psychologists whose job, whose mission is to keep you on these platforms and they know exactly how to mine works how the human mind works and they know uh-huh. what it what it's going to do when it gets that affirmation from others they know what type of information you're going to share they know exactly what type of information to show you in your feed to get you to sh- share more of your personal information like it, it it's a whole mind like watch the social dilemma mm-hmm. on on netflix it's a whole mind game um that these platforms are playing with us um but at the end of the day it's it's only costing us when that information then can then be used against us um, I'll just end the story with this, uh, you know, with a personal. So I've got a good friend um, that I play basketball with. He actually is a clinical psychologist. And one of the things he always says is that it's like, you know, y- y- y'all be thinking that you can actually trick the science. It's like it's it, the reason it's a science is <laughs> because it's a science. There there are things that are, you know, that we can prove with facts with repeated tests over and over and over again. And. You, you they, they're hiring people like me to figure out, like, we've had this conversation. Exactly. They're hiring people like me to figure out how people like you are going to respond. And that's why you respond the way that you do. It is, it is science. He's like, it's not as exact as, is math, but it's darn close to physics. Very close. And he was yeah. like, that is. I give you a perfect example <laughs> and black folks, we fall for every single time this <laughs> cultural appropriation stuff. Anytime there is a TikTok video, oh, anytime there is an Instagram post, anytime there is a Twitter thread where somebody has uh, stolen a rec- corn rose or yeah, worn some <laughs> corn rolls or got this new makeup line or got this new fashion line and it, some way, shape or form resembles or straight out copies something from our culture. Here we come. And not knowing that these people are purposely baiting you Absolutely. into uh getting mm-hmm. up in arms. And all that means is more page views, more page engagement. views, yeah. more engagement, more analytics. Mm-hmm. And then they go mm-hmm. flip that into something else. And it's just like, but going to the psychology, you know, that thing that gets us tight they're like, Listen, oh, let me let me give you more of that. And then here you come. We like are you think all, you're making a difference on social we media. We are all <laughs> Pavlov's dogs as it relates to social media. Everyone, black, white, or other, we are we really Pavlov's are. We really dogs are. when it comes to social media. And there ain't nothing we can do about it except delete the, the accounts entirely. Just just like I said, just my grandmother used to say this, none you. Just it's none of your business. It's none of nobody's business. Don't put that on the internet. No people, Earth does not need to know that. But y'all, 
uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap this show up because I have a spotlight that uh, I found and I'm excited about this and I just wanted to read it because it's got a lot of big words in it and I want to see if I can get through without fumbling. So so this week's spotlight is on Dr. Latanya Sweeney, Daniel Paul Professor of the Practice of Government and Technology at the Harvard Kennedy School and the Harvard Faculty of Arts and Sciences Department of Government. Dr. Sweeney, who holds three patents and more than 100 academic publications, is a pioneer in the field of data privacy, launched the emerging area known as algorithmic fairness, and her work is explicitly cited in two U.S. regulations, including the U.S. federal medical privacy regulation known as HIPAA. She is a recipient of the prestigious Louis D. Brandeis Privacy Award, the American Psychiatric Association's Privacy Advocacy Award, is elected fellow of the American College of Medical Informatics, and is testified before government bodies worldwide. After earning her undergraduate degree in computer science from Harvard University, Dr. Sweeney in 2001 became the first African-American woman to earn a Ph.D. in computer science from MIT. Dr. Sweeney was formerly the center, excuse me, the chief technology officer at the U.S. Federal Trade Commission um, with the goal of making it easier for others to work on innovation solutions at the intersection of technology, policy and business. Her earliest concern about technology's class with society was in privacy and her work in this field is literally found the area of study. Dr. Sweeney is the founding editor-in-chief of the Journal Technology of Science, the faculty chair of the Tech Science Program in Government, the director of the Public Interest Tech Lab, and is the founding director of the Data Privacy Lab at Harvard. Her mission is to create and use technology to assess and solve societal, political, and governance problems, and to teach others how to do the same. So, like I said, this... uh She's got many, 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 many more accolades, but there's a lot of long words. You know, this, this, this young lady has more, uh, degrees than a thermometer. Um, but I just thought it was really cool that the. I mean, this is like a hidden figure for real. Like I've, I've um, never heard of child. And it's like, Sweeney, man. So, so here's the thing. It's hard to find out how old she is because she's so young that it's inappropriate to ask her how old she is. She's only probably in her, I would say early sixties. Because she graduated at, uh, she graduated in 77, but she may have graduated. Is that a current picture? This is a current picture. Cause she looks fabulous. She needs to drop that skincare routine if she in her early 60s. <laughs> yeah, she, she, she's, uh, she's in her early 60s. Uh, she graduated in 77, but she was like the valedictorian of her high school. There is a opportunity. She may have actually graduated a little younger than, you know, 17, 18 years old. So mm-hmm. like I said, I, I want to put her at the, at the most, she might be 63. 64 but like I said, that's that's pretty young she's still got another 15 years to be kicking around doing this stuff and the the the, the thing that really stuck out to me is that uh you know is that you know privacy uh you know when, when you look at privacy and how this is studied in universities now all of that is based off of her early work when she was working on her phd and you know i mean this is what she did so we've all heard of hipaa um, and, you know, in those HIPAA laws and how they're able to collect all this, you know, data and how they have to keep it private inside of these systems. She actually has a patent and actually has things that are in the regulations that she wrote and said, here's how you need to do this, which I just thought was pretty cool because super cool. <laughs> well, we are, I don't know what we're going to do, but we will encourage you to, um, follow us around the web and, um, check out our Patreon. We're not sure if Rob is coming back. Um, I'm sure he will sort of figure it out. So we are just going to wrap up Terrence. Why don't you tell the people, uh, where they can reach you? <laughs> sure. You can find me on the internet, uh, specifically Twitter. I'm getting back on a little bit of Twitter, maybe a little Instagram, but that's to plug the shows. But nevertheless, you can find me on the internet at brother tech that's b-r-o-t-h-a-t-e-c-h and you can also find me when we me and my co-host nika montford we have a podcast called snob os and we talk about all things apple with a little bit of extra stuff so yeah we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up y'all can find me all around the web at tech life stuff and I am at Rob Dunwood on all the things and we are also at the tech john on all the things that is the tech j-a-w-n and that's gonna do it for us this week until we meet again in a week's time Peace.